Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. So hello. It's just hilarious to me because I know that like, what was it? Two episodes ago, you were like, this is a filler episode. And I was like, nah, you haven't seen a filler episode until you've seen this most recent episode of And Just Like That. I thought this one was definitely a filler episode. I I feel like it was just like pieced together. It was random. There was like, I don't know, was it cultural appropriation? Maybe, maybe not. There, yeah, this definitely felt like a filler episode. Yeah. And I... I'm disappointed. <laughs> Once again, I feel bad. I feel like this has just become like a let's shit on and just like that yeah. review session, but give me something to work with people. Come on. I mean, I'm just going to go back to my main point where I feel like this show, it's it's not a reboot. It's not a continuation of Sex in the City. It's just the same characters, but you know, it's catering to a completely different demographic. Like, I just don't think it is relevant for people within our age group. And I just think that they've lost the charm with their trying to keep up with um, being more PC, I guess, and trying to be woke. I think it's just, it's shifted in lanes entirely from what Sex in the City used to be and the charm of it and the writing, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm so, I'm just bored. Like, mm-hmm. I know we've committed at this point, and so we're going to watch every episode um, to make sure that you all know what's going on and how we feel about it. But to be honest, it's like, like I said, you know, I never, ever used to have my phone out and like text during, like during shows that I really like, I mm-hmm. am engaged and I'm, I want to know 100%. what's going on. And this one, I'm literally like, wait, you have to watch us. Like you need to know what's going on or yeah. I should know what's going on. And I just, um, I don't know. I'm just so... I'm just so disappointed. I was I was actually really interested to see what the storyline about Diwali was going to be. Yeah. And you should also be a writer because I thought your assumptions last week were pretty spot on. And I am sad that it didn't go any way in that direction at all. No, it was like we spent more time on the fucking beeping whatever Over. dishwasher yeah. than on the, the, the namesake of the show, Diwali. Like Diwali, like... Yeah, I, I just don't understand what was the point of that. I also feel like there's a part, there's a part of me that feels as if they're trying to be more poetic in these episodes and be like quote unquote deeper, like getting deeper into some like darker type topics related to like older age and being alone and stuff. But they're doing it in, and they're just like way. yeah, they're just not executing it well, unfortunately. Um, and I was reading articles that apparently. Not only have they cut Chris Noth out of the mm-hmm. season finale, but apparently now, to your point, because I know you mentioned this before, that they don't know what they're doing with the second season. And I'll be honest, I don't think their viewership numbers are what they thought it would be. And I do think that the people who are viewing or who are watching, whatever numbers they have, it's like we are so loyal to the original series and what it was. Yeah. And we're just, I know you've said this before, like, it's just, I am hate watching. Mm -hmm. I think it's boring. I think there's nothing um, 
And I think of substance, like, and so, like I said, to cleanse my palate, I continue to, to watch the old episodes and I continue to hate Carrie more and more. Yeah. Oh my God. I texted you about this. Did you notice, or did you go back and watch any episodes? Why does she always chew and speak with her mouth open? I'm sorry. <laughs> she speaks with her mouth full in every episode. And I never like pinpointed it until now. I think I'm like looking for reasons to hate her. Whereas I used to look for reasons to love her. Yeah. And it's just like, why, why Carrie? Chew and then speak. Like, I I just don't understand. Like, I think it's so hilarious that our generation, because I've seen this a lot um, on Twitter and just like anecdotally talking to people that, you know, when we were younger watching Carrie, I think there was a lot that we just, we really were rooting for her and we all loved her and we kept making excuses. And then as we get older and start to have our own life experiences with like shitty friends, toxic relationships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we start to realize that her behavior isn't excusable in any way, shape or form. And now as we get even more so older, like this is the type of shit that I would, you know, I would think of as like an older, like, like older twenties, like thirties, forties woman being like, why are you talking with your mouth open? Like, this is so annoying. The smacking that you're making, like, that's the type of complaint that I'm hearing from you. No, no, but I also think it's like, I also think to your point, first of all, I think it was like, I used to idolize Carrie. I was like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I want to live in an apartment with a walkthrough closet in, you know, on the Upper East Side and be able to afford Manolo's and Dior and whatever I wanted. And now I think it's just like, you know what I think it is? I think it's just like, she hasn't grown as a character necessarily in those yeah. types of ways. It's mm-hmm. like, she's still clearly can't handle finances. She's still like, I don't know. I feel like she's still acting as she, like they want her to still be the carry that we all wanted to be when we were like 20 Yeah, and she was 35 but in a 55-year-old woman's body, and then they're also trying to make this like kind of sort of immature character yeah. like go through these things. And it's, mm. I don't know, it just feels so unbelievable and hodgepodgey. I feel like that's the word that keeps coming to mind. It's like hodgepodge, yeah. What's the point of the apartment? What's the point of the Diwali scene? So maybe we should just recap. Yeah. Very um, little that happened this episode. <laughs> also, I just want to apologize. First of all, if you hear any background noise, I'm coming at you live from uh, my sister's bachelorette party. Got my, I, she said no penises. So I got her like, I guess, bodybuilder man straws. And like the straws could technically be a penis though for the bodybuilder man, if you think about it. It's like in and of itself kind of phallic You mean because it's. Because it's like a straw and the positioning of the straw on the little bodybuilder man. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, so it's a possibility. I was like, what? Special. I was like, you mean because it's like long? Um, I was really confused. Like, that's what a straw looks like. That wasn't phallic. Um, but okay. So also, like I said, there's lots of background noise, lots of weave and makeup and clothes and stuff. Um, okay. So yes, recap. Tell us what happened. Um, it- so apparently Carrie decides to buy this gaudy ass apartment. Which I love. That's exactly really? what I'm looking for. I feel like it's so devoid of any warmth or character within the apartment itself that I was like, this is too much white, too much just blank slate. So I agree, but I also think that like there's no furniture in it. There's no art in it. Like you can bring color and life and warmth there. No, it, it is like a modern white box, but I live in yeah. LA. I like that. Fair enough. I mean, Pierre loves that. that. That's why I hate this house. <laughs> I will say though that one of the things, and I know you and I texted about this, but Pierre and I were screaming at the fact that um, <gasps> oh my god, the, the house like it was a soundstage. 
it wasn't a fucking apartment. Like, A, so you don't have fucking enough money for that. And then B, when she slams the dishwasher, the whole fucking kitchen shakes. I was like, so even it was like shoddy construction on this soundstage. I mean, you know what? Hey, 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 real houses have shoddy construction where the entire kitchen shakes when you touch the dishwasher. We know that. Never shook like the way that that shook (laughs) in us. At all. Not what sure. are you talking unsure. about? Unclear, unclear, unclear. Uh, no, but regardless, no, I, I literally texted you as soon as I saw it. And I was just like, okay, what? Like, it, I was horrified. They couldn't mm-hmm. even, they literally couldn't even be bothered to like source an actual apartment. Apartment. Mm-hmm. There's lots of those in, in New York City where, to film. Yeah. Um, on the note, on that note, like, why didn't Anthony go look at the apartment with her? What, like, why are they trying to make Anthony happen? Stop trying to make uh, Fetch happen. I literally, that's actually, their friend. that is literally what I just, I wrote in my notes. I was like, Anthony with Carrie is weird. Like, that's literally it's just my not, notes. It's just not right. I think that like the the point of Anthony as a character, he is like just the polar opposite of Charlotte, which is why it's mm-hmm. always good when he's in a scene with Charlotte because yep. he'll say things that are just so like out of pocket and inappropriate. And then the whole point is that Charlotte's like, oh, Anthony. And, exactly. and then like, it just doesn't have the same effect. And I don't know why he got like just as much screen time. I feel like yeah. as the rest of them. And then I think that they're also, I, I do think that they're trying to like have him talk about the Stanford thing to make it feel like it wasn't thrown together at the last minute. And look, no, right. it was, we all knew it was thrown together last minute. Like no matter how much canoodling they tried to do from a writing perspective, there's no way in hell that they can fix what they did. So, well, they can't fix what they did, but I also think like they had to react really, really, really quickly. Right. Like Stanford mm. or Willie Garson, he, he died. That was not yeah. part of, Oh, Oh, this is the strong man. That was the inspiration for these straws that we have. Um, so like I said, things are wild. That's the bus boy. Um, the bus boy, his living quarters are, 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 he's canoodling with the guests. It's very strange. Um, so, okay. <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah. So Willie Garson obviously passed away. That was not accounted for a plan. And, and that must've been a scary thing to have to overcome. But I just feel like it's like, okay, like you guys like fuck that up. Just leave that in the side. We all yeah. know what actually happened. Nobody's going to fault you for no one ever talking about Stanford again until yeah. it makes sense to do so. Like they didn't even, oh, I was going to say they didn't even have a funeral. And then I remember he didn't die in the show. But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of the green screen. I also feel like, and I know that it's probably Carrie's supposed to be like living life in this like with the haze of grief or whatever it is, but the way that she's just like, I just bought a multi-million dollar apartment. I wish I would have, wish I would have consulted with my friends who are my best friends and not Anthony. And before I bought a multi-million dollar apartment, I just think she seems so unrelatable. Um, right? like she seems so yeah. unrelatable. She just seems so like, just like irresponsible. It's so interesting that you say that. Cause when Pierre and I were watching it, um, I was telling him kind of going into the same line of conversation of we like of how unrelatable this the show is yeah. this reboot is and he was like well why blah 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 he was like well she's always been like this rich I was like look she was rich and even unrelatable in or not she wasn't even rich but like there was still like a suspension of disbelief that you had to have watching the originals because you're like how do they have this much money how is she able to afford an apartment like this like how does she have how is she able to afford all of these shoes um the lifestyle that they all had just didn't really make sense for what they were doing except Miranda except for Miranda correct um 
And so for me, I was like, it has nothing to do with the money. Cause he was saying how their exorbitant wealth is like sort of a disconnect to viewers. And I was like, actually, no, I was like, we still had some of that like weird wealth question in the sex in the city original series, uh-huh. but we related to the characters. We related to some of the stories. Yes. There was that charm. There was that wittiness. There was that sarcastic, just humor that they played off of. From and Samantha, yeah, exclusively from Samantha, for exactly. the record. And now it's like the comedy or rather lack thereof, the characters themselves, the way that they're morphing and evolving, the storylines that they're trying to like utilize to pull at our heartstrings, which really aren't doing that. Um, And the way that they're trying to really push into our faces a lot of these like historical moments, if you will, and quote unquote, like woke aspects. I just... it, it just, it isn't hitting the same spot as no. Sex and the City did. That's, that's pretty much how I felt. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Wait, so when I was telling, what I was saying before, how I've been going back and watching the old episodes, I watched the one where um, Carrie convinces Samantha mm-hmm. to get on a cross-country train over my dead body. You know this. Mm-hmm. I'm a not lift you over the toilet kind of friend. I'll never get on a fucking three-day train ride with you either. Let's just be very clear now. <laughs> um and it was it was just Carrie and Samantha effectively, and I was just yeah. like, it is actually like they are so foolish for making this mm-hmm. reboot or continue, whatever it is without her because she really, really, she was made the show. The show. Like yeah. I know Carrie was the protagonist, but Samantha was the one that like tied it all together. Like she's so mm-hmm. funny, and the thing is, like she's not funny in the classical ha ha sense. She's funny. Like the the other three are just like kind of like meh, right? Like Carrie, you're annoying. Charlotte, you're a little too waspy for me. Yeah. Um, although you know, I'm a spreadsheet gal. I am <laughs> kind of the Charlotte, but I feel like I'm like a Samantha Charlotte minus the Yeah. You know. That's anyway, nice. uh, <laughs> but and then like Miranda, I think they just put Miranda on an island at this point. And they're they're like, well, we need somebody to kind of be like the crazy, sarcastic, whatever one. Mm. So like Miranda, we're just gonna give you all of the stuff happening, and just I don't know. To me. I, I, I will say too, um, I know that Sex in the City is really at the core of it a love story related to Carrie and Big's story. However, I would say that the secondary love story is actually the friendship between Samantha oh, yeah. and Carrie. And I think now that that's gone, and now that the whole Carrie and Big thing is gone, the show has no legs to stand on. Well, what legs are is standing on that Miranda is confused about her sexuality and cheating on her husband. I just speaking of of that, um, kind of going back to the the overview or the oh, yeah, summary sorry, of this episode. Distracted. Um, so yeah, apartment, she ends up buying it. She ends up actually hating it. She has to deal with the whole concept of loneliness. When she goes into the apartment, she hears that beeping sound. She's left alone to the beeping. She doesn't know what to do about it. Um, then of course- I wouldn't have to do about it either though. In my, in her defense, <laughs> I literally, when we moved into this house, I had to call my cousin who's a plumber because I was like, I don't know what to do. My dishwasher's not working. It turns out it, you. Was, <laughs> it wasn't plugged in. wait no like whenever I tell you I hate the house it's not that I actually hate the house it's that like Mark and I have no business owning a house because we couldn't even figure out that our dishwasher wasn't plugged in and that's why it wasn't turning on like we just it's just a problem it's not it's not great but so I I understand that and I think that that's like how I relate to Carrie where it's like we're both 
inept and just incapable in a lot of ways. Well, the thing is, is like, you're willing to be like honest about it and then like problem solve and figure it out. And you have a network to lean on. She, on the other hand is like, I don't know what to do. And then she wallows in it. Exactly. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, then there was the whole, um, Seema telling Carrie about this Diwali party that her family is is throwing and they start talking about like the concept of arranged marriages and then Carrie invites herself to this Diwali party um which I was like you but okay um then there was the other storyline of the professor and I forget what her Naya Wallace I believe right I literally couldn't even tell you because I have no interest in her storyline <laughs> I like her, but I just am like, why do we care about your fertility? Why do we care? Like, again, not making her a main character. It's like plot holes everywhere. It's like, exactly. You haven't made me love this character yet. Like, why am I involved with her? No, exactly. And that's what I mean by that. Obviously, like, I I probably relate to that the most out of all the storylines that are currently going on just because I did IVF and I understand it and whatever. And like, you know, Mark and I are like, do we want kids? Do we not want kids? What are we doing? We've married for forever. Like, do we just do it and then ship them off to boarding school? We don't know. (laughs) And no, but seriously. You would never. You would never, you would never, you would just like your overprotective, like tiger mom self would never ship them off your right. I wouldn't trust that mother. No, you wouldn't school. trust anybody with your kids. No. Let's be real. No, no, no. But okay. But no, but, but real talk. Like, I feel like that would actually be a really interesting storyline. Right. Mm. But, mm-hmm. but I don't care enough about her. I'm like, I see you once every four episodes for four minutes. Mm-hmm. And now I have to see, like, you're having more sex than the girls that are on sex and city. I don't under. I just don't, I don't understand like why they're, trying to make it happen again stop trying to make that happen like give us what we love you know what works stop mm-hmm. it i mean if you're going to introduce a new character once again i just think the execution has been terrible with introducing the new yeah. characters and getting us to love them like i actually really like Seema as a character in Me this too. series and it's because we're getting to dig deep into some of her wounds and then i relate to some of her storyline in the sense of like you know when the family is like when are you going to have, when are you going to get married? Like, and the checklist that the the person has to have and the concept of arranged marriage. I have so many family members who've been, um, who got married through an arranged marriage. So it's like, I Very really, cool. I think it's really cool. Actually. You know what? That scene in particular, where they were at the part where they were at the, um, the sorry, um, store. store, which by the way, I have always wanted to go to an Indian wedding. So Me too. Sorry, I think that they're so fucking beautiful. Yes. Like, same. Oh my God. So um, for any listeners that are having an Indian wedding, please invite us. Please. I'll officiate. <laughs> I'm sure you want that. I'm sure your family would approve. No, but really I, I'm so jealous as well. Like I want an excuse to have a sorry, but I feel like it's not appropriate for me to just like throw a party here and just like have a sorry. Should we just do it? Should I just blame it on Carrie and be like, well, she can do it. I can do it. Well, she asked for permission. You saw they wrote that in. Is it appropriate for me? Which I also have like Anyways, let's first talk about the arranged marriage conversation. Okay. And then we can talk about the other quote in the show where they talked about, is it cultural appropriation or cultural appreciation? Um, Trying so, too hard once again. Once again. Um, so the concept of arranged marriage, you know, anecdotally. So when I was watching that scene and she was kind of talking about her, her parents and they've been together forever and like they actually care for one another, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just thought about like my own family members who've a good chunk of them have all been married due to arranged marriages. Uh-huh. And anecdotally, I have seen arranged marriages succeed a lot more than marriages of love. Um, all of my mom's friends, all arranged marriages. Um, my aunts and uncles, 
all arranged marriages. Um, nobody's gotten divorced. The people who have gotten divorced in my family all been marriages of love. Okay. Um, and there's this thing in, in Arabic, um, and I don't know if this is like a North African concept or if it's throughout like the Middle East and Africa, but it's called Ishra. And it was one of the things that my mom used to explain to me because I was like, why, why would, you know, you force someone to marry someone else if they don't love them? And my mom was like, she's like, you get to know them. You still have a say on if you want to marry them or not. But she's like, you know, you choose them based on factors of like, are we a match? Are we right? compatible? Are we compatible without the illogical feelings that come with love? Cause I know love can be quite illogical at times, right? We're just like, Oh, but I love him, even though there are all these red flags. So you remove that. And now you're just looking at it based on logic. And then she was like, you know, once you've been with someone for X amount of years and you're starting to build a life with them, she's like, there's this thing called Aisha. And her way of translating it to me was like, it's sort of like this acceptance or this growing of fondness between two people. Like respect, um, right? Exactly. It is like a form of respect. And I just like, every time I think about it, I'm like, you know what? It makes sense to me. So anytime somebody says it's an arranged marriage or somebody ever in front of me talks or shits about arranged marriages or shits on arranged marriages, I always come to the defense of that because I just know so many people who are actually happy in their arranged marriage. So, Okay. So those I, are your thoughts. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't have that many thoughts. I actually don't know anybody that I know of that has mm. had an arranged marriage. I always think it's a really interesting concept. Uh, so my question though is, do you think that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there's no respect. I'm not saying that you don't learn to like love. You don't learn. I don't know. I don't know if the word is love. I don't know if the word is that respect. I don't know if the word is like, I think I got this off of like my big fat Greek wedding, by the way, but um like you just learn to, you learn to, to make it work. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at a certain point though, it's just like, I've known you for X years or I've known you for so long. Like I can't imagine not you not being there. Mm-hmm. But my, my question for you and like the challenge that I have for you is like, what portion of that, the, the lack of divorce or not getting divorced comes from, I feel like certain cultures that, encourage arranged marriages also do not encourage like very, very, very highly discourage Mm. divorce. So divorce isn't actually discouraged. And, um, and I'll speak from my own experience as someone who grew up Muslim in an Afro-Arab household. Um, it's not actually discouraged. I mean, yeah, you want a marriage to clearly work, but it's not like, I think in Catholicism, from my understanding, like divorce is very frowned upon. Oh, you are not invited to the Catholic church if you've been divorced. Exactly. And the same for the Mormon church too. It's like, you get like exiled, I think, or something along those lines where it's, it's like very serious repercussions. And so it's not like that at all. I mean, clearly family members will get involved and try to mediate between couples, but like that's divorce is divorce. They're like people get divorced in Egypt, similarly to the way that the percentage of people getting divorced in the U S. Um, so I don't necessarily think that that's, um, a major factor that attributes to, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's interesting. I think I do like Seema as a character. Mm. Like I said, I was expecting Diwali to be like an actual like storyline. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that something <laughs> was going to happen. I thought yeah. that like they were going to spend more than five minutes talking to her parents. It I was, kinda, yeah, I was really kinda, disappointed. It's like, if you guys are going to go there and you're going to try to be inclusive, 
Be inclusive. Be inclusive, yeah. Um, I think what would have been great is if we actually had some scenes with just Seema, like without Carrie. Because right yeah. now it's like we keep combining them together because Carrie's supposed to be the main character, if you will. But mm-hmm. if we're having a side story with Naya, then I would really, really, really love to have a side story of just Seema and her yeah. stuff. Um, I, think I she's thought probably the strongest character, character and 100%. And- I, lo- I love her as an actress. Mm-hmm. I think what was interesting, though, is, you know, since we're on the subject of Seema, was at the um, Diwali party when uh, Carrie finds out about the makeup character, Dennis, the made-up character that Seema's yes. created so that her parents will get off her back. Um, and I was, like, thinking about it, you know, if, like, let's say you were Seema, or you were in that situation where you had parents that were so culturally focused on you being married, right? As like a sort of checklist, one of the things on the like checklist success. for happiness. I think, exactly. I think that's a measure of success for a lot of parents. Exactly. If you were Seema, would you do the same thing? Probably. Yeah. I don't know, right? It's That's... this. These types of conversations, and I feel like maybe that is why it's so not relatable for us because we were married so long is I imagine it is a lot harder than we than we think to be a single woman at the age of X, right? Mm-hmm. And to never have been married and to, you know, like to be this doesn't sound bad, but like a spinster. Mm-hmm. Technically what it means, right? Um I probably, I could see doing that, like telling a little white lie, just well, a little more than a little white lie, but for the sake of having people leave you alone, especially because it's, it's, I, it is, and she talks about how it's already a really sore subject for her. Mm. So now imagine having it be a sore subject for you. And then it's a sore subject for your parents. And so it's just like kind of, again, beating a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually loved it in the sense of like, I could relate, but from the other side of it. So growing up, my parents were very, very tough and conservative right. and overprotective. I'm, I'm just drinking kidding. a margarita at noon on a Sunday. <laughs> Living your best so. life. Um, but I will say for me watching that, it was just so reminiscent of like my own um, teenhood where I had to fib a little as to who I was with so that I could actually like be dating or go hang out with boys and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, and so for me, it was just very reminiscent. It's just like, it's just an age change, right? Or like some topic change, but it's just like the little white lie that you tell your parents so you can go off and do kind of what it is that you want to do without being bothered. Yeah, but I guess it almost is like, I think I was kind of the nightmare child or a teenager. And nightmare nightmare adult. Yes. Uh-huh. Continue. <laughs> okay. Ouch. Um, no, but no, no. Like I feel like I, I was I was a little I wasn't bad. Like I didn't do drugs or anything like that. But you know, like I was a little bit rebellious as a kid. And so I I feel like I that feels to me like a little bit immature on Seema's part, right? Like you're 55 years old. Like if you're not fucking married, you yeah, actually, sorry, I take this back. I changed my vote. Um, you're 55. Yeah. I'm not married because I haven't found the right person yet. But, okay, no, I do understand being like, hey, like, I just want you to leave me alone. So I might lie about it. But I I guess, like, I know people who still very much, you know, in their, in their early to mid-30s, like, look to their parents for guidance. And mm-hmm. I don't. 
necessarily mm. do that, but I think that's also just the nature of my relationship with my with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just don't. So I, I I guess I do struggle a little bit with that. Like I wouldn't be afraid to be like no and leave me alone. Mm. But I, I think, think culturally it's different. I was going to say there's the culture yeah. aspect of it too. That's probably the pressure of it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, look, I'm going through this right now with my mom's family. So my mom used to ask me constantly, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? When Pierre and I first got married. And I was like, mm-hmm. leave me. Like, I love when I you. want to, if I want leave to. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, I, like, I'm still young. Like, let me live my life. Like, I want to be able to make like a good salary and be able to spend it on myself. Like, not a child. Um You're here. And, and she apparently is getting pressure from her family, um, like my aunts, uncles, cousins, because my cousins are popping up kids. Um, I like baby cousins are popping out kids. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, let me just live my life over here with like my margarita. I'm, I'm like, I'll just be a dink with my margarita. <laughs> At 1219 on a Sunday, you know? Seriously. And like, because it's such a big cultural thing of like, well, you know, in, in Arabic, once again, like being married, having kids, means it's like to complete half of your religion. So it's like a very serious thing of like, well, once you're married, like you have to have kids because like kids are so worth it and this, this and that. And it's like such a massive disconnect for me and like how I want to like live my life, but it's yeah. just continuously brought up. And I sat my mom down the other day because she's been fighting them off. She was like, leave her alone. Like, and I was like, mom, look Love at you coming mom. to my defense. Thank you. Love she was like, seriously she was like leave her alone she like wants to live her life when she has kids she'll have them and they're like oh like can she not have kids can she this can she that and they're like why won't she have kids like she's so beautiful her husband is so beautiful blah 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 I was like for Seth thank you oh my kids would be gorgeous will be gorgeous would be I don't know what to say they would be they would be blessed with some great amazing genes thank you very much uh not to do my own horn um but I sat my mom down and I was like so they're constantly asking these questions, not realizing that there are people who have complexities and potential like fertility issues. Or uh, you know, what if I had had like several miscarriages and every time they bring this up, it's like opening up these wounds. And so I relate to somewhat of this storyline in the sense of like cultural requirements or cultural needs or cultural expectations yeah. that are lending towards these questions or this line of questioning that's actually quite hurtful to like people and their human experience. Um, and so, you and know, also just fuck off. Exactly. 100%. Like, <laughs> like you can't fuck right off. It's like, it's, you don't have enough problems in your life. You got to worry about mine. Like, yeah. shoot, Um, but anyway, that's, that's how I felt about that. It just made me feel somewhat that I could relate to her somewhat because of that line of questioning. Dun, 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 Cause you're the brain. Um, no, no. But again, I watched it and I was just like dumb. And you're like, well, this sparks. <laughs> um, so, okay. So yeah. So I, I personally was really disappointed. And to me, you know how I feel about check the box for inclusivity in general. Mm. And I feel like this was check the box for inclusivity. It's like, oh, we can 100%. say that we have and you know, a South Asian yeah. actress on the show and we're giving her her five minutes. And because I, I actually don't think that they're giving her enough. I don't think they're giving her more than five minutes. So yeah. I will it, say, it, it feels check the box to me. Not only that, but like you realize that the one thing that's 
relatable or the one thing that's related to her ethnicity or culture has to be tied to Carrie. So it's through Carrie and the parents' conversation that this whole Dennis situation and this like larger, you know, topic around like lying because of cultural expectations is brought through Carrie. Can we not use Carrie as a fucking vehicle here? Can we just have Seema like have her own fucking storyline? I would appreciate that. Like that would seem more natural to me. Yes, but I also don't think that Seema is ever meant, I don't think she was meant to be the character that I think she's become. I think that people thought that maybe we would gravitate more towards LTW. Mm, but LTW also hasn't been on screen well, that no, much. No, I understand that. But I'm saying like, I feel like in my head, they wanted that storyline to be the more prominent one or Naya, whatever the professor. But I think people are gravitating towards Seema because we miss that strong, mm. independent, can-do, mm-hmm. successful yeah. entrepreneur. And I'm not saying that Naya is not amazing. I'm not saying that, you know, LG- I actually think Elizabeth was fucking fabulous. 100%. Um, although I hate that she doesn't have the balls to stand up to her mother-in-law, but I feel like viewers want Seema to be the new Samantha, not be the new Samantha, but to kind of take that, right? Because that's what we needed. We needed the woman who was like, I'm 55, I'm single, I'm yeah. dating, I'm successful, I'm badass. I'm a little bit scary because mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to do what I have to say, to mm-hmm. do and say what I have to say. And I don't think that that's where the show writers or like the screenwriters thought it was going to go. Seema is the only single one, literally the only single one, which would lend to more of the ability to like do more storylines that we related to from Sex in the City because she's a single one. Yeah, like, come on. I I need, I need something. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I don't really want to see married sex on Sex in the City. (laughs) What? Come on. Because all they do is talk about how awful it is. Like, oh, I'm not saying that that's not real life or it is real life or it's not real life. I'm just saying like, all they do is talk about how Miranda hates Steve. They don't have sex anymore for years. Also, where's Steve? We haven't seen him since like episode well, one. Well, she's cheating on him. So no one cares about Steve anymore. But no, I just, um, I yeah, like Carrie and Big, like the whole the whole jerking off scene. Let's get that out of my head forever. Yeah. Um, but Carrie was never, we never enjoyed the Carrie sex scenes. Mm. Um, Charlotte and Harry, that's clearly not the path they're going down. Yeah. Miranda and Che. It, it's not. It's not that I had a problem with it. I was. Just, it was just like a very awkward scene. I feel like they were like trying very hard. And again, I think that they're over engineering a lot of things. And like it used to be mm-hmm. so natural. And now it's like we got to fit everything into ten episodes. We got to do all these things. We have to be woke. We have to be this. We have to check this box. We have to check that box. And so I think it's really just like it. It, it is um, translating to the screen in a really, really bad way. But, okay. So the other scene, you know, I really want to get into this because I know how much you are all about the elective surgery and cosmetics. Hell yeah. I know that I I haven't had any. I just haven't. I I know, but like very- We don't have any sponsors yet. That's where that would be coming (laughs) from. So that's that's where the money would be going to. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm joking. Um, But the conversation around fillers, facelifts, getting work done overall, I actually really enjoyed that scene. Um, Okay. But I thought it was interesting, um, you know, it was, so after the doctor scene where Carrie goes in with Anthony, Anthony's told he doesn't have to do facelift. And the doctor is like, actually, we could do X, Y, and Z with you, Carrie. And she's just like... (gasps) Like you could see her hyperventilating a little bit and then being Mm -hmm. like, okay, once he charms her a little bit. Um, 
but I thought the the conversation with like Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie when they're talking about it um, oh, at the park at the park um, was like kind of interesting. Of like, are you going to do the work? Are you not? Like, how are you feeling about it? And it just like made me feel like, like I feel like I already know the answer to this because hello, we just talked about your enthusiasm for the topic. But um, are you going to do procedures like that extensive, like facelifts and stuff? Or are you going to age gracefully? I'm absolutely not going to age gracefully. I'm 32, but I'm not aging gracefully. Um, um, yes, you are. You still look like with tw- Botox and fillers. <laughs> not natural. Let's be real. That's, I, I think natural equates to gracefully. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on the situation. I think if my face is starting to sag or starting to look like shit, hell yeah, I'm going to do what I need to do. Um, I, if I do have a child, I plan on getting a mommy makeover. That's already literally like mm-hmm. on the books. I, I think I, I think it depends on what I look like at that point. And I'm hopeful that like doing a couple of fillers here and there and some Botox will like prolong my need for that. But mm-hmm. I think it's fine. I think that it's okay. And I think, I think it's okay to dye your hair. I think it's totally fine to let your hair go gray or white. I think it's fine to get work done. I was actually talking about this with one of the girls that's here on the, on the bachelorette party. Um, and she was saying, you know, having a couple of children ha- or, you know, has given her some insecurities about whatever, you know, her stomach and stuff. And I was just like, I don't care if your stomach is perfectly flat or if it's not like, I mm. don't think she needs any work done, but I was like, look, the fact that it's impacting you on a day-to-day basis and you think about it constantly, mm-hmm. that to me personally is worth the risk of surgery. Mm-hmm. That's also because like I grew up really insecure. I grew up you know, having to watch what I eat and like being mindful of these things and like the weight just doesn't fall off me and stuff like that. And so I am that kind of person and I'm vain enough that I would risk it. I love all that you just said. I think it is a personal choice and I think people shouldn't be shamed for it because the conversation was interesting because there's like, you could see that there's like some shame around it, right? From Miranda, glass houses, bitch. of like, oh, why would you do that? How could you do that? Um, And for me, it's like, I don't care. Like, if you feel like you want to do it, by all means, go do it. Like, that's why the procedure is fucking there. If you have the money, if you are comfortable enough, it is, if it's a risk you want to take, by all means, go do something that will make you happy. Life is already fucking short as is. Um, Yeah. But I just, I thought it was hilarious that it was something that was brought up. And also the shock around Charlotte having done work. Oh, you mean like the actual real world backlash on her? No, well, I was just saying, like in that picnic lunch. That oh, and she's had. like, "Oh, a little Botox and fillers is fine with me." Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the way that Miranda was like, oh, "You've had work done." I was like, "Oh, okay." Have you seen her? Yeah, I was like, uh, "Okay, not that big of a deal." Um, yeah, but that was always Miranda, right? Miranda was always um, that was always her character. So I appreciate her staying true to that, but also, like, girl. Yeah. I mean, I thought that as the conversation continued on, I thought it was interesting that uh, Charlotte was very much vocal about Miranda's decision in having an affair with Che or doing whatever she did with Che. First off, I really hated Carrie in this scene. And I'll tell you why. She made it about herself. She did. And the quote was, um, big dying is something. I don't even know what this is. Like when 
Charlotte was like, oh my God, this is something. How could you not think it's something, blah, blah, blah. And Carrie was just like, once again, taking the platform and being like, big dying is this big hubbubaloo for me. Everything else is just noise. It doesn't matter. Um, And I was like, Carrie, like everyone's going through their things. Just be a supportive fucking friend. Like you don't need to turn it around and be like, diminish other people's like shit and just put your shit on a higher pedestal. Yeah. What? And I was just like, another check mark against um, Carrie on the hate. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, like I said, I think that she's become like really narcissistic and look, I've never knock on wood. I've, I've lost people haven't lost a spouse, but yeah, I just think it's really unfair how she gets all this grace to fucking wallow to get surgery and order her friends around to yell at her friend for acting upon what she thinks is right for her in the moment and Mm -hmm. shaming her. And like, I, I understand the concept of, Mm -hmm. You did what you did in my in my kitchen while you're watching me with my boss. I understand all of that. However, what happened to? But let's talk about why you did that. Yeah, like if I did that, yell at not yell at me, but be like, "Hey, look, like that's not fucking cool." Yeah, don't. But at the end know? of the day, my priority is to you. And so I just think about how I would go about the situation. Like, let's say if it were you had done something, right? I mean, heaven forbid you and Mark love each other and nothing is actually going on. Like, but well, like, if it, I should well. know. <laughs> but like, if something were to happen, I would be like, what's going on? What led to this decision? Yeah. Like, I want to hear you out and understand what's happening here versus me being like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like shaming your well, friend. She didn't, I don't even think she shamed her. Well, she did, but she I feel did. like the focus wasn't even on, Hey, Miranda, you just cheated on yeah. your husband. She, it was like a, like a glossed over fact. Yeah. It was like, you were supposed to be here for me. And yeah. instead you were like having sex in my That's kitchen and like terrible. Yeah, but that that's and that's what I mean when I say like I'm so tired of Carrie and I feel like everyone around me is like, well, she's grieving and she says and she says, I'm like, and I mean, I get that, but obviously her friends are going through shit too. And like, why does she why is there no expectation that she has to be there for them? Yeah. It's horrible. Losing anybody is horrible, but like the world unfortunately keeps turning and people yeah. around you have stuff too. And like Yeah. And like just because you're grieving doesn't make it okay for you to be a shitty person to other people and their shit. Exactly. You can say, hey, I don't have the capacity right now, given what I'm going through, to like be present for you with what you're going through. Okay, cool. I get it. But for you to be like, my shit is big and like, I'm just going to use this to shame you instead of actually understanding where you're coming. Like, it just doesn't make any kind of sense to me with how she's navigating it. And just makes me realize like how much of a shitty friend she has, she is and continues to be even in older age. Yeah, no, exactly. I, and that, and that's why I think I was like so angry last week where I was just like, that's not okay. You don't get to do that. You don't get to literally sit there and shit on your friend for, yes, she fucked up in her own life, but guess what? It's not your life. You can tell her what you think. Mm -hmm. You can tell her what you think. You can be like, Hey, I don't agree with that. I don't approve of it personally. And you need to figure your shit out. However, I think the right thing to do would have been like, but I'm going to support you and whatever that means. That means that you're not happy in your marriage and you're going to leave Steve and then you're going to be with whoever. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you have to like do the right thing by yourself at a certain point. And I, yeah, I just, I just feel like she's missing all of that. She's a horrible friend. She's narcissistic. Everything is about her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in her storyline anymore. So let's go. <laughs> Move on. Same as the new Carrie. One thing I will say, though, is um, in that conversation between Miranda and Charlotte, because I, at that point I was just dismissing whatever Carrie was saying. 
But um, Charlotte was like, you're not progressive enough for this. And I just sat there. Yeah, what, like, what the mean? fuck does that even... Exactly. I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> like, I actually didn't understand what that meant either. And I think I just blocked it out of my mind because I was like, I don't want to feel stupid. What does that mean? I guess the way that I interpreted it um, is that she's not as... Um, open to the concept of like gender fluidity or being with someone like Che. She's not as progressive or I guess like left-leaning in my, like that's how I would have translated it. No, but, but I don't think that that makes any sense with like Miranda's character. Miranda literally like left her corporate job to go and get like a degree in human rights activism and stuff like that. Yeah. You're just so weird. You're not progressive. I don't know. I was like, and also just seemed very off of brand for Charlotte. Like if Charlotte were to come into the conversation, I would assume she'd be like, how could you have an affair on Steve? And like focused on Steve and I would see her doing that. But the fact of the matter is, is that conversation went a lot differently than it would have been if it were the Charlotte that we were used to from Sex and the City. I was like, this isn't what Charlotte would say. This whole argument, conversation, conflict is just off brand for all of these women minus Carrie. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like they're just, yeah, they're trying, they're trying to make a square peg fit in a round hole. They're trying to bring all these things and conversations and topics and wokeness and, and they're not doing a very good job of marrying it with the existing plot lines, characters, Mm -hmm. personas, all the above. And I will say now that I'm thinking of this and I know we probably want to wrap it up soon, but is I appreciate that they are not leaning on the diverse characters mm. to be the like the like, stereotypical token diverse um, characters. Well, I, I I like I appreciate that they're not making Che necessarily make the argument. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily having Naya or LTW. Mm-hmm be the ones that tell Charlotte you don't have enough diverse friends. Mm. It's it's her doing like reflection. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like so often that's not the case, right? Like, and that's in real life. That's in, yeah, you know, like that's on TV where it's always like the, so it's like one thing they're doing well kind of thing. I do think that that's something that they are doing well. And that again, like, but I feel like, maybe that model doesn't necessarily work because these characters have been existing for so long and like we know them or we think we know them. And so it's like, they're trying to just like shift their entire persona brand persona in a couple of episodes. I don't know, but um, yeah. Um, Overall, I'm ready for it to end. (laughs) And I I don't think that they should have a season two. I think that that. It's if painful. they can, if they can get Kim Cattrall, and if they can fix the fucking, I don't want her writing. coming back to this. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want her coming I think back to this. I think that they can fix it, though. I think if they can bring Kim back, and I think if they can just make Carrie not such a shitty character, um, and like remove some of this like overt like social commentary that like. I'm already dealing with that in the day-to-day. Like, I don't need to deal with it in what I'm watching as a form of escapism. Cool. Then I would be on board with a second season. But until then, like, if you can't promise me that Kim Cattrall's coming back, I, there's no point. Yeah, there's no point. And then you hear her, like, come back and her opening line needs to be like, let's go, bitches. Or I don't know, something. Like, she just, she, 
She needs to be the main character of her own show. Okay, this is why Samantha in London. London. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you to start writing the screenplay. I know. I really need to get on it. Um, I will say one last thing, and this was a TikTok that I saw <laughs> that um, cracked me up. But someone brought up the point that, and and I think it's because Betty White just recently passed, as we all know, beloved woman um, in America. Um, someone was saying that Golden Girls they were the exact same age as the sex in the city or and just like that characters now. And every, and I literally was just like jaw on the floor. I was like, excuse me, what? Yeah. They're all in their fifties. No uh, yep. And then someone was like, I have a theory that it's the hair. And they did a follow-up TikTok where they changed the hairstyles of the Golden Girls of all okay. the actresses. And I was like, holy shit, it was the hair. The hair is what made them look like they were 70 plus years old. But yeah, same age group. Isn't that wild? I know your face right now says it all. So Blanche. Mm-hmm. Samantha. Oh, 100%. Dorothy is Miranda. Mm-hmm. Wait, Dorothy was Betty's character? No. Dorothy was, uh, well, I can't think of her name right now. The Miranda. Oh, okay. The okay. I, get what, I get what you're saying. What yeah. was her name? Um, and then Sophia is Carrie. Mm. And Betty was Charlotte. Oh, yeah. Betty White's character was definitely Charlotte. Interesting. I wonder if that's where they got the idea for Sex and City. I wouldn't say they got it for Sex and the City, but I will say probably they're mirroring some things and then just like that. Like I could see getting some influences. No, but I mean like the idea, the concept of like best friends. Oh, I guess they live together. It's different. Okay. So, so. Yeah. I love Golden Girls though, I will oh, say. Okay. Yeah. I, I literally I, my that never occurred to me. I think I thought that they were all like 107. I mean, at the end of the day, a good hairstyle it will really make or break you when it comes to Well, I don't think it's a good group. hairstyle. I think it's literally just like there's like old lady hair, which is always like short, it's cropped, it's curled, it's permed, like yeah. tight to your head. And then there's not old lady hair, which is like long. Yeah. And I long. think, and I always think about that. I'm like, I love my long hair. It's like my mm. thing. Can I keep long hair when I'm old? And why can't I? I guess it's just the maintenance. Like some people are just like, fuck it. I don't have the time for this. Um, but then there are some people who are like, I love and adore being able to take care of myself and maintaining myself. And they dedicate time to that. So I think it's just up to personal preference. Some people care. Some people don't. But how many old ladies do you know with long hair? I don't think I know any. But also it's a different generation. Like I feel like our generation will be very different in how we... Um, are viewed. Like, I don't think we'll be mirroring the same patterns and habits that our parents are or our grandparents were. Our generation's just built different. What can I say? Well, watch this space. 20 years. <laughs> Does Alina have long hair? Getting Brazilian blowouts at the age of 90. <laughs> um, have a glam squad one day. That is the goal, homegirl. That, that is, is the goal. goal. Um, okay. All right. On that well, note. How many more episodes do we have of this like, dumpster fire? Three, four. I mean, I don't know. What episode was this? Like six? Episode six? So I think it's seven, a... I think. Oh, it was seven? Oh, thank God. We're getting close. Praise. 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 So we have three uh, more. Okay. Well, on that note, we will see you all next week as we continue to get through this together, truly.
We're here for you. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later.